Welcome back to another episode of the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast, where we want to help you apply Sunday morning learning into Monday morning living as we connect others to the love of Jesus and help them live on gospel mission. My name is Ruth, and I am joined by my friend, Brianna, who I love. I love because she is faithful to Jesus in her life. She tries to make much of him in her life, and she is very humble. She shakes her head as I say these things now, but I am excited to chat with her about what it looks like for us to stand up in a culture that's asking us to bow down to the idols of their ideas, worldviews, and perspectives. And so we are on, I think, our third week of the test series, which is through the book of Daniel, where we're looking at these little tests of faith for the big tests of faith that God calls us to. And so, friends, before we hop into our podcast, I just want to ask, if you are not subscribed, I'd ask you to subscribe, because it is a blessing that you're able to receive a notification every time that we have a new episode. And if this is a blessing to you, please share it with a friend. We do this ministry because we want to see people connect to the love of Jesus and help them learn to live on gospel mission. All right, hit us with this recap I want the recap of the text for Daniel chapter three. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, the book of Daniel so good. All right, so we are in the part where, yeah, essentially King Nebuchadnezzar set up this like 90 foot tall statue for all the people to worship him. But yeah, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they, you know, people took notice of the fact that when, you know, the instruments and stuff would go off and yeah. it was time for everyone to bow down and worship they they resolved that they were not going to worship so yeah people took notice of that and yeah the caveat for everybody was if you don't worship this yeah. statue you're going to get thrown into the fiery furnace and essentially be killed so nebuchadnezzar was told that about them he gave them another opportunity to bow down and worship before the statue and they said no, we're not doing that. <laughs> that ain't us, dog. Yeah. That ain't Nope, they weren't doing it. So he got really mad and heated up the furnace even more, threw them in there. Yeah. Yeah. Though, really cool part. Really yeah. cool part. His plans didn't go according to plan because they ended up surviving. And not only did they make it through the fiery furnace, but like the Lord Jesus was with them in the furnace. Yeah. And they were able to like walk out of the furnace, like unscathed. And yeah. And Nebuchadnezzar and everyone was just like in awe of God. Mm. So. Yeah. I feel like that doesn't do it justice. That that's okay. That's okay. So this is like probably a top ten Old Testament story. Mm -hmm. Like this is like every child who goes through any form of children's church, regardless of what curriculum they have, Mm -hmm. this is in there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in there for their faithfulness to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's meaningful that they're in the Hall of Faith. Meaning, like, man, this is awesome. This is a story that makes like us kind of beat our chest Mm -hmm. and say, man, I want to be them. But often we are like the ten thousand Jews. Minus the three who bowed down with culture and said, you know what? I just got to keep my head down. I'm not trying to get in the fire. I'm not trying to get punished for just believing what I believe because I can believe something in my heart, but like I can mask it with everybody else. And that I think was like what this, this, this sermon was contrasting our two perspectives to say, hey, the invitation for the world is to bow down to what they bow down to. And so with that framing, what what do you feel like really stuck out to you today? Yeah. Yeah. I think what stood out to me most was just the resolve that these three had. Yeah. It's our it bu- was, that's our buzzword for this sermon. I know. I know. <laughs> so good. And I, like you said, the story's so familiar. And mm-hmm. even like last week's story and everything, like, but something I had never picked up on, like going through, like even this story was mm-hmm. that like, yeah, they had resolved ahead of time that they weren't going to like bow down and worship. Yeah. Um, and I was just like thinking about that, like how often in my own life, Am I like, oh, yeah, yeah, if if this situation were to ever happen, like, I'm sure I would respond (laughs) correctly in the way that the Lord wants me to. But it's like, no, you have to resolve ahead of time. When push comes to shove. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like be- yeah. before you're in the furnace, you have to know mm. and resolve like your commitment before the Lord of yeah. like where you're, where you're not going to compromise. Yeah. So yeah, for them, I, I don't know. It just like really stood out to me that like, it didn't seem like this was a split decision for them of like, oh yeah, are we going to worship? Are we not? They, they already knew yeah. before the statue was even made that yeah. they only worship the Lord. So yeah. Yeah. That like really stood out to me. How about you? That's so good. I was just thinking on that note, I was thinking about friends of mine, we were talking about purity. We were talking about like living purely for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, I was asking, I was like, hey, like you're dating someone, like what does it look like for you to commit to purity in the midst of whatever your past has been, mm-hmm. you have the invitation to commit to purity now. And we joked, we're like, a fail to plan is a plan that will fail. Mm-hmm. And so a reality to say like, we recognize that we live in a pagan culture who worships gods that are not our gods. And so when we walk into situations and we assume that we have home court home court advantage, yeah. we don't have home court advantage. And so therefore, it's important that we're thinking to say, hey, if I find myself in these situations, who am I as a Christian? What does it look like for me to stand up for truth? And I think that's really helpful in like having the resolve. It's also just saying... They knew they were in Babylon. Yeah, that's true. They they knew, hey, there is food that they'll want us to eat, drinks they'll want us to drink, women they'll want us to sleep with. Like they knew like this is what it means to be Babylonian. I'm having none of it. And so when they looked at their culture and they saw they probably saw the construction of the gold <laughs> statue. <laughs> like I imagine those men said like I bet I bet they're going to ask us to bow down to that. Yeah. Like imagine the three buddies having a conversation with themselves saying oh my goodness, like, mm-hmm. why would he be doing that? And I imagine the preparation's coming and they're saying the moment's going to come. What are we going to do? Like, yes, there are moments that surprise us, but there's also things that we can see coming down the pipe. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like we can, we can find ourselves in conversations to say, a friend comes to us and says, hey, me and my same-sex partner are getting married. Like, like conversations like that to say like, hey, what do you think about, about this? To say, we can, I know that's going to happen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So therefore I can pray and ask Jesus for wisdom and how I can love and speak truth mm-hmm. when I'm put in situations like that. Because we're going to be. Mm-hmm. I know you are in your work all the time, put in conversations. You're like, oh, hey, here we are. <laughs> Practicing my nuance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Practicing my per, my uh, my kindness and respect, but also speaking truth. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really stuck out to me is that the narrative of Satan wants to replace the narrative of Jesus. And so thinking about friends of mine who are not walking with Jesus saying they believe they found their salvation in something else and we have to show them that that is their their fickle fail like fail proof not fail proof like fail failing i would guess be the best saviors and to me like i have to be able to point to them in their lives how their savior won't be enough because jesus's invitation that he is enough for the wrath of god to be satisfied he was enough to create new life in us he was enough to empower us to be able to walk with him faithfully like we sang in our last song sin no more i've never heard that song And I was like, man, this is a battle cry that like I've been freed to sin no more. Because like we think about we think about ourselves all the time. We're like, we're goofballs. Like we're out here goofing it up all the time. And we like, I can't imagine a life without sinning. Yeah. But that's the invitation that Jesus gives me. And so all around that was super encouraging. Yeah. And I love how those those three things that you listed off that is an invitation from Jesus. I think sometimes I'll, I'll speak for myself. I forget like. Jesus also gives us an invitation to live an abundant life, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. like he's just like, refrain from this, refrain from yeah. this, but he gives us so much better. Like the gospel yeah. is a better story than any other story we can construct yes. ourselves or find. Oh, so that is so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where Christians have, I would say, use the word again, like an invitation to show people the beauty yeah. of like, I wish my friends who don't know Jesus could experience the beauty mm-hmm. of being loved by the church. 
to come into a place of people who like care about me and who I care about. And like we share life together, no matter how silly it looks, no matter how awkward it is at moments to say the people who I'm doing life with and I am proclaiming Christ with, like I feel a sense of bond to them that I don't feel to my family members who don't know Jesus, that there's a sense of like camaraderie in the people I serve. I know you probably feel this way among your staff that you serve with and crew to say like, these people are in the trenches with me. Mm-hmm. And like, I wish that the the dying world knew this kind of community, mm-hmm. knew this kind of people who would say, yeah, I got your back sister. Mm-hmm. And for the church that we'd be those kinds of people. I know there are people who are not in community who would say, I belong to the church. And I would say, I invite you to live that abundant life mm-hmm. with Jesus and to, to lay your life down and to care for your brother and sister the way that Christ calls us to. What do you feel like one thing that really challenged you was? Oof. Mm. There were so many things, <laughs> yeah. Ruth. So many things. I know. I felt me. the same way. <laughs> I think for me, yeah, kind of tying it again to how, yeah, these three, like, you know, Hannah and I, Michelle, Azariah. Sorry, mm. I haven't memorized, like, their Hebrew names. I'm proud of you, you know, that. Get it, girl. I'm trying. I'm Can't trying, relate. I'm trying. Can't relate. <laughs> but yeah, I really have to slow down when I'm like, and I... As you're like, Misha, I'm like, Shadrach, and Benny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we watched VeggieTales. We grew up on it. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, kind of like tying again with the fact that like their resolve was not to compromise yeah. when the situation came. I love the response to Nebuchadnezzar where he was telling them that he was going to throw them in the in the furnace. And they were like, we don't have an answer for you, but our God is is able to deliver us yeah. whether or not he w- he will or not like we're still going to not bow down. Yeah. I think that challenged me a ton because I don't know, I think sometimes there can be this assumption of like you know, mm-hmm. you stand for truth, you stand for the Lord and then like maybe you won't have to go through the fire, but that's not yeah. always the case, you know. Um, yeah. I really loved how <clears throat> in the sermon, there was just like this great emphasis on like, even if you're not protected from the fire, like Jesus is with you in the fire. Yeah. But especially for these three, I just loved that they weren't willing to commit to only worshiping God because they knew that they were going to be protected. Yeah. Even if they weren't protected from yeah. the physical fire, they still were going to worship God. Yeah. And yeah, I just felt like, yeah, kind of that, that liner that pastor brennan had given where it's like how much do we ultimately just want jesus compared to just wanting what he can do for us like that was a huge challenge for me because yeah and i was just talking with some friends about this this past week it's like dang how often do i like kind of like take careful steps with god where it's like Mm. oh god i'm willing to like take the step of faith for you i'm willing to stand up in this area oh i'm willing to like be challenged and changed in this area because I can see like down the road, like an immediate benefit compared to like, Hey, like he just tells me to walk in faithfulness and obedience. Yeah. And like, that's blessed in and of itself. Like just the sheer fact that we get to worship God and to be yeah. obedient is like a blessing in and, of, in and of itself. He doesn't owe us anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. yeah, that was like a huge challenge for me. Like how much do I just want God compared to what he can do for me? Mm. Especially when I'm in those moments of facing fire. Like, yeah. Yeah. That hit me yeah. Big. Yeah, do I just want deliverance or exactly. do I want the deliverer? Yeah. I think, it, I think that's, that's good. good. I think that's good. I think we are not used to non-transactional relationships. Yeah, that's so that's true. And so it's very hard for us to imagine that like there's a love worth giving and getting that mm-hmm. like may not experience immediate satisfaction. Yeah. That there may not be an immediate mm-hmm. hey, this is this is what this costs. And I think the the beauty is, I want C.S. Lewis. I think in the Great Divide talks about people who are going to hell. Like they didn't want to be 
in heaven anyway. Mm-hmm. And like that is not like scripturally based in the sense that like I can put to a chapter and verse, but this like theme to say like when we look at Revelation, there will be people shaking their fists as supernatural wrath is coming and they're refusing to turn to God. Yeah. And so to me, there is this like they don't want what heaven's about, which is the person of Jesus. Like if you don't want Jesus here on earth, what would make you think you want him? And like obviously hell is a terrible place. I'm not excited for anyone to go there. But this reality that like he- heaven's not cool because of the golden streets. Heaven's not cool because the place that fa- the Father has prepared for me. Heaven's cool because Jesus, my Lord, is there and invites me mm-hmm. to live within the Holy Spirit, to worship the Father, and to be in communion with Jesus. Like that is bonkers. Mm-hmm. And like there's this like hilarious photograph that I like love so much. And it's of this like soccer player hugging Jesus when she gets to heaven. Have you seen it? I think I have now. It's okay. It's this beautiful image. It has, yeah. And and to me, I think about like wrapping my arms around like the one who's loved me most Mm. and like loved me when I was unlovable. Like there's like a kind of love I can't fathom. Mm. And looking to say like these men believed that God, Yahweh, was their ultimate treasure and that there was nothing, (laughs) no amount of fire, no amount of king's wrath, no amount of whatever that was going to keep them from saying no to him because they knew they knew the great they knew the commandments yeah they knew the first 10 yeah and even if they just know the first 10 they're able to say i can't bow down mm-hmm. to any carved image to anything that's not you and so one question i have is what would you say the carved images of our day are Ooh, so many <laughs> so many yeah no i think i think there are a ton yeah. but i'd be curious from your perspective brianna works uh, with college students doing uh, student ministry with crew and so she is consistently in conversations with young adults who are having emerging adulthood which i would say is the formation of kind of thought outside of home thought outside of just local environment where you're starting to explore what would you say some of the things you're finding in your uh, experience hmm. yeah I think they're de- oh, man. There's so many things. Yeah, I feel like there's some things that are kind of like timeless throughout the generations totally, and cultures. Things totally. that are not new at all, but they're kind of just repackaged differently. Maybe I think there's always a new rapper. Yeah, just a different rapper, new shiny rapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I just think in our culture there is this like pointing at like worship of self mm. in a way where you kind of are your own statue that you bow down yeah. to, in the sense of like you're solely in charge. Like, what's that? It's called like expressive individualism. Yeah. Like you are in charge of basically like crafting your own identity free from even, yeah, your own identity, your own happiness, basically do whatever you want that brings you the most like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, actualization or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's like free from all types of constraints and society pressures and stuff. Although that's not possible because none of us live on an island yeah oh and we laugh because everyone's individualism looks very similar yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> just unique enough to not stand out too much yeah but even just the cherishing individualism is yeah. a societal thing yeah. so, and a yeah. very american thing it is it is very things Western we culture. love about ourselves like i as an american have to recognize that a lot of my formation is due to america and not due to the church and mm-hmm. not due to god's word and i have to rub against that when i say oh stuff that's happening to my brother and sister but that doesn't affect me well that's that's my individualism coming out yep that's yeah. good yeah so i think yeah there, and there's just like a lot of like manifestation manifestations of seeing like people pursue like happiness and i'm not saying that like you're as humans are supposed to be like droll and like yeah. morbid or anything no, like that don't be the worst but yeah but this happiness <laughs> in the sense of like you are the source of your own abundant life and that mm. comes in the form of maybe like sex and relationships it comes in the form of like 
substances and mm-hmm. like kind of just these like escapes yeah. you know away from or counter counter realities yeah exactly like we're seeing the rise of counter realities mm-hmm. and like a dramatic effect if that's in the fairy community if that's in the yeah. rom-com like not the the comic-con community if that's in and none of these things i would say are exactly the same whether that's in something more serious as like a mm-hmm. trans ideology but something that says hey i'm actually willing to take what the world says about me and totally transform it to my own making mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then i mean yeah and then you still have like those classic things like which again like pursuit of like I don't know, material things, Yeah, right? money, power. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, things like money, like, it's not bad in and of itself. It's just the thing. But, like, yeah. when you worship that thing and that's, like, your chiefest, like, affection and, like, mm-hmm. what you're Highest living aim. for. Yeah, it's an idol like anything else, you know. Might not be in statue form, but, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that's why I was saying, like, yeah, I think some of those things just, like, kind of stay the same. Because, I, yeah, as I'm, like, talking with students, a lot of them are struggling you know, and even when it comes to like things like mental health and stuff, like they're struggling because there's this narrative of what like a fully free and mm. a, like full life looks like in the culture. And they yeah. see that they're not measuring up to it. But I'm like, you're chasing a phantom of an abundant life that actually doesn't bring you abundant. Yeah. No wonder why you're seeing like this gap. Yeah. And, and the statistics yeah. wouldn't prove it out to be. Yeah. And yeah. so like when we look at we look at someone making a full transition, when we look at someone reaching the end of all the drug substance. We reach the end of someone who's had all the sex they could, all the women they could. We don't see happy people in the end. When we see a Tom Brady saying, I just want one more. Mm-hmm. I just want one more. Mm-hmm. Someone unable to retire. And no no bad against Tom Brady. But like this reality to say, when we look at the ho- people who would say they've reached power, pleasure, prestige, money, actualization, mm-hmm. is the fruit of those things good? Mm-hmm. And the answer typically is no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that can be like really scary. And what would you say? I was talking, I was reading a book, really good book called The Evangelism to the Skeptic. We talked about this. Yeah, yeah. And so I got to get you those logins. But (laughs) and so the evangelism to the the skeptic made this helpful point to say, like, we need to be great contextualizers. Mm -hmm. And so in our culture, how do you share the gospel when someone's saying, man, I just want to be okay? Like that being a statement that I feel like we see everywhere. We see everywhere in social media and someone says, I just want to be okay. What's Brianna's invitation to them through Jesus? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I mean, I've probably said it a bunch already, but mm-hmm. I just keep in a, thinking of like John ten ten, like Jesus saying I came and I've come to give life and to give it to the full. Just like this reality, I, I kind of would even just like pause and ask questions of like, what do you think okay looks like? Mm-hmm. That's what my question is to the person and just kind of just see where they're at. Yeah. Honestly, because for contextualization purposes, right? Like, yeah. Do they think okay is getting to a place where they feel completely financially secure? Yeah. And, generational wealth or something or do they think okay is finally when they do land that person that they've been pursuing or desiring or xyz you fill in the gap right but then yeah you just like bring them back to like the beauty of the gospel message and it's like jesus came to like not just make us okay but to give us like peace Mm. with the father right like we are not okay apart from yeah christ like we're just not we're in like an enemy relationship with god mm, yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying we're the wrath we're on the, of god we're on the losing war and we the war. are we are you could have all the things that the world would tell you make you okay but if you're not okay with god like what is what's the point you're not okay you're not you're really not okay <laughs> yeah right 
And then, yeah, just like honestly, just like sharing the gospel message of like the lengths that Jesus went to not just make us okay, but to like make us like blessed before God, to make yeah. us righteous before God, to make us like l- like adopted as yeah. God's kid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then. Yeah. Obviously, I, I do like to share with people just because you're a Christian, you know, following Jesus doesn't mean that like life is going to be perfect. Yeah. Life might actually be really hard. Jesus says <laughs> life is actually yeah, really He actually promised us it would be not awesome most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think just like kind of just like looking at the gospel, it's like what does it actually mean to like be okay? And like what is Jesus's definition of like experiencing like an abundant life? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I don't know. I just like bring them back to like the beauty of the gospel of like literally the lengths that jesus went mm. to like free to eternally make us like highly favored and blessed by the lord you yeah. know what i'm saying such that you could go through this whole life on earth and yeah it just really stinks or like you're facing yeah. hardship you're facing illness you're facing loss or xyz but like knowing that like when you're like standing before the father for the rest of eternity mm-hmm. like like there's more to this life like kind of having an eternal perspective Mm. on that too yeah because i think myself too i can focus a lot on just like the here and the now which the here and the now matters you know it's not a throwaway but the here and the now continues on into forever yeah you know what i'm saying there's a whole eternity that we have to look forward to with the lord yeah yeah god does find life valuable here because if not we would get saved and we'd be portaled up to heaven yeah and so like there is something that he's forming in us here yeah because that's part of his narrative for us Mm -hmm. that that we get saved and he tells the the believers the disciples Mm -hmm. like i'm coming again Mm -hmm. and when i come it'll look different Mm -hmm. but now that you're here like go therefore and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit for i'll be like lo and behold i'll be with you always even Mm -hmm. to the end of the age so like he leaves Mm-hmm. his people mm-hmm. to labor on mm-hmm. to labor on in what he's calling us to and that's that's what we're here like we're here in the laboring mm-hmm. and in the laboring there is this challenge and this rub to stand up mm-hmm. or to bow down and so for you this is us being personal what are things that are hard for you to stand up in that are maybe asking you to bow down mm, that's really good um hmm. yeah yeah i feel like there's a lot of things i think I don't know, kind of even things that we're like just like talking about, like in the culture of like, what does it mean to be like an affirming person and yeah. to be accepting of everyone and yeah. things like that? Like, I think sometimes the way we would define words is actually just like very cultural definitions compared yeah. to what the actual definitions are. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because in the culture, it's like to love someone means to like fully affirm and celebrate and even like worship the same things that they do. Yeah often yeah and that could be a lot of different things like uh whether it is someone's like what they're walking through as far as like gender and sexuality or maybe it has to do with like them pursuing just like a path in general like yeah maybe they're i don't know their pursuits with when it comes to like their relationships yeah aren't great or like their pursuits alcoholism yeah yeah like substances and things like that and it's like i think sometimes there there's this kind of temptation to say well it's just easier to tell people what they want to hear yeah. compared to actually yeah. giving someone the truth, but yeah. with kindness. And that's the bowing down in the heart, but the pretending to stand up. Yeah. In their, in their, that's the bowing down in actuality, but standing up in their heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's really good. Yeah. Because it's like, if I really love someone and I care for them, I know for me personally, times when I'm like, if I'm like heading in a direction, like I need people to tell me <laughs> yeah danger mayday ahead or yeah. like hey this is not an abundant life that you're pursuing like you know what i'm saying yes what what you're pursuing is not good so to think that like 
yeah, that I wouldn't be willing to do that for someone else just because maybe someone might not receive it that way. It's like, yeah. no, like I have to be willing because I, I don't know. I'm just like looking at these three men, right? Like as a result of them standing firm on their conviction of not worshiping the statue, like granted, I don't, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, I think he was like yeah. an admirer of God. I don't think he necessarily was like a, a worshiper. worshiper of God, mm-hmm. but still like so many people were able to give like awe and reverence to God through them standing up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was so, an invitation for other people to worship exactly, more. Exactly. And yeah. I feel like sometimes all I can feel is the fire and be like, oh, let me just like tell this person what they want to hear. Or maybe just like not say anything at all. I think silence sometimes feels safe. Ooh, and that's, that's a high five for that yeah. one. Oh, that is good. Yeah. yeah. Silence feels safe, but it's it's not, maybe it's safe for me in the moment, air quotes, but yeah. it's not safe for the person that I'm not actually speaking like yeah. life to and the truth kindness to, to and kindness and, yeah. to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because kindness isn't always making someone feel good. No. Everyone... You know how weird it feels to tell someone that their zipper's down? But that's oh, like yeah. kind. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind. Because <laughs> it's looking out for their good. And love is looking out for the good of another, their ultimate good of another person. And I feel like I was like, I like feel like I wrote a poem back like a little while ago about that to be like, is seeking good just like seeking what's comfortable and who defines comfort? Yeah. Like who, like <laughs> who is the one who defines what's comfortable for one person or the other? But like the definition that love is seeking someone's ultimate good reframes a lot of things for me. Yeah. It reframes the hard conversation with the attic. It reframes the hard conversation um, with the Christian who's tiptoeing. Mm-hmm. towards what the culture would praise and say is okay or the person who's just making little compromises mm-hmm. little compromises little compromises little compromises i think that is so good any last words before we end in a word of prayer of blessing for our friends hmm. i don't know just I, I just really love this story so much i just think there's so much to take away i feel like we barely scratched the surface honestly because totally. there's so much good stuff but yeah yeah god is like good and he is he's faithful and like yeah, when he calls us to like stand for him and to like worship him alone, it's because that's what we were created for. He yeah. knows that like our worship and pursuit of other things is just not life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, but it's hard to sometimes see it in the moment, but like really sitting with the Lord. Like I'm encouraged just to like go home and just like sit with the Lord and say, yeah. hey, like what are some things in my life that like, yeah, like I'm just not like rightly like worshiping the Lord yeah. or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's just so much good things. One last thought that I had of thinking of like the progression to say like the food went before like one guy. They had to ask yeah. one guy, hey, can I uh, not eat this food, but eat this food? So like that was the audience of one person. Yeah. And then we look at this one. So like we see a moment of faithfulness in this little audience. And so my like invitation is to look at your life and to say, what are the little audiences you have? Yeah. Not that we're doing it for people, but to say, what are the little places that I can say yes to truth? So that when I'm experiencing that discomfort and I'm pushing in and to say, no, no, I will not be someone that just bows down to what culture is doing. I will not be someone who just bows down to a narrative that's anti-Christ. Mm-hmm. So that when those moments come, when a Riley Gaines moments comes, mm-hmm. we're able to say, man, that I've been the person consistently mm-hmm. that shows up. The resolve is the building. Yeah. And I think this is something you were saying when we were like off, like offline, line, offline. Yes. <laughs> is that it's not all always just about it being like so that people can see. Yeah. But like, are you that same person when you don't even have an audience? Yeah. I mean, you always have an audience because it's the, yeah, the Lord yeah. audience yeah, yeah, yeah. One ultimately. Right. But like when your audience is smaller with just like the one person, oh, yeah. we'll make this compromise or it's many people. But how about when you're just by yourself? Yeah. Like you were talking about like, hey, like not gossiping or my thought life or like what are the things that I'm pursuing like inwardly like 
I don't want to just like stand firm on the truth when other people hear me saying that I'm standing yeah. firm on the truth. But I want to do that when I'm just like in my own personal time before yeah. the Lord, you yeah. know, because yeah. that's that's the type of faith that these men had yeah. and that like allowed them to be able to like stand firm in such like a public way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because the invitation is not to be perfect. The invitation yeah. is to be submitted. Yeah. And a submitted person asks for forgiveness, mm-hmm. seeks God holiness, knowing that they can't get it themselves. Like, like to me, I'm not looking for someone who like gets it right every time, but I'm looking for someone that when they get it wrong, they seek the forgiveness of God first and the reconciliation of themselves and others. Because to me, like, I'll take that person every day of the week mm-hmm. and the person faking it till they make it Yeah, to say, man, I'm like a big goofball mm-hmm. and like, I need help. But I recognize that I'm not where Christ is leading me to and I want to get there. And so I'm starting with repentance and I'm moving forward in faith. And to me, that's our invitation as believers. We're, the invitation is not to be perfect. Yeah, Only Christ purifies us to make us perfect, to be holy as he is holy, to make us perfect as he is perfect. And he promises that he's not done working on you. Mm-hmm. That he's not giving up on you. And that to me is like this real sense of hope. Mm-hmm. And so my sister, will you pray us out? Sure, I can do that. <clears throat> All right, Lord Jesus, we want to thank you so much just for your word, God. We thank you for the story of these three men that, yeah, you just gave them the faith to to trust you, Lord God, and to stand firm. The fact that only you are to be worshipped, Lord God. And yeah, I just thank you that the faith that you gave them isn't just reserved for them, Lord God, but you also are growing us in our faith, Lord God, such that we can live lives that stand firm, Lord God, in worship of you, Lord. I do pray that you would just encourage everyone, Lord God, to kind of just like, I guess, kind of take a look at like our culture and things that, I guess, contempt us to to make, whether it's small or big compromises, Lord God, and to really resolve, Lord God, that we're going to stand firm on your word, Lord God. We're going to stand firm in you, Lord God, and we're just going to try to be faithful witnesses of Christ through yes, the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. We can't do it without your Holy Spirit, so fill us, Holy Spirit, Lord, allow us to to walk in a way that just brings you so much glory, Lord God, and that we can even experience your goodness, Lord God. Um, it's not easy, nor is it comfortable mm-hmm. when we're in, like, when we're faced with fire or in the fire, Lord God. But that honestly is, like, the safest place to be compared yes, to Lord. just, like, buckling and compromising, Lord God. So we we just pray these things, Lord. Again, we thank you for your word and pray that you would continue to refine our faith, Lord mm. God. Make us look more like Jesus every day. And we just thank you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Brianna, thank you so much for being here today. And friends, it's always a joy. We pray that you have an awesome rest of your week.